Appreciate it. Have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, if you would. Book of Hebrews. Let's stand as we read our text for tonight. And this is, um, this book is so rich. Uh, The more I study it, the more I want to study it. The more I study it, the more I want to say about it. But uh, sometimes you, you have to find a place where you can say what you say and go on. But I'm going to read to you from the 11th verse down through the 16th verse. We're not finished with this 16th verse yet. It says, For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing, Praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you for these prayers that have been sent up today, Lord. We pray that you'll hear them. Lord, pray that you will answer them as they've prayed in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you might see fit of you, Lord, to be with us tonight. Go with us as we study this book. This book is so rich that that it's almost too much for me to teach it. But, Lord, I enjoy it, enjoy what I, what I do learn about it. And, and, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us each and every day, that you'll help us to understand more and more about this great story that is throughout the whole word of God. And that story is of Jesus. As the song says, I love to tell the story. Well, Lord, the story is only about him. He's everything. He's everything to me, and he's everything to every saved person. He's all there is, Lord. And I'm thankful that one day, 50-some years ago, that you showed me that you you born me again, Lord, and I know, I know that happened to me. I know, Lord, what happened to me then. And, Lord, I'm so thankful that you did. I'm so thankful that you entered into my life. And, Lord, I'm so thankful that you entered into the lives of these people here. And, Lord, I just pray thy blessings upon each and every one of them. Lord, I pray that you'll go with us as we go forth into the rest of this year. And, Lord, we will be starting a new year. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to bless us even through that new year. Now, Lord, go with us and take care of us, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, we uh, we began on this this 16th verse, 
And there's some things I want to bring to your attention. Um, by the way, um, does the 15th verse has a statement in it that I want to mention, and then I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. He says, And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, um, this Sunday morning in Sunday school, I know this won't cover every one of you, uh, but it'll cover the ones that are here that are in the Sunday school class. Um, we're going to talk about the doctrine of godly fear. That's where we're going to begin. And, and I've had so many questions asked of me over the years about fear, the fear of God. What does that mean? Well, we're going to talk about that in, in Sunday school class, what godly fear is, the difference in godly fear and worldly fear. And all of us have worldly fears, just like he spoke of there in the 15th verse. For verily he took not on him uh, the 15th verse and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You know, it makes no difference who you are, no difference how old you are, makes no difference uh, uh, how little you are, makes no difference how much education you've had. Every one of us, if the Lord doesn't come back, are going to go to the grave. You know, that's just like they were telling me about uh, Brother Gary's uncle Paul. You know, he died suddenly. Wouldn't, Brother Gary was telling me nobody was expecting it. And he just had a heart attack and died. Well, that's going to happen. I, you know, that's going to happen. And, and, and that's what he's talking, that's what he's referring to there when he talks about all their lifetime. Uh, they had the fear of death because let me tell you folks, death is coming. Hell is real. And heaven is real. Death is coming, and it depends on whether you've been born again or not, whether you're going to go to heaven. If you haven't been born again, then you're going to go to hell. Now, I can't begin to describe to you what the two are like. I just know that there's a great difference in heaven and hell. And and, and I know for a fact that we may we may be the dumbest person ever was but we're not too dumb to understand that that life goes on i was i was holding our little dog was up in my lap when i come in today and uh and i i told my little dog i said you you i said someday i mean i just we talked ron and i both talked to her uh someday i said uh you're going to leave this world but I said, you don't have the fears about death that we grown-ups have, we people have. And, uh, and, and that's the truth. You know, a, a dog or a cat or an animal, they just die. You know, and, and they're, they're just not, they don't exist anymore. Uh, but not, not humans. You know, we, we have to realize that when, when he talks about the fear of death, we, we have to realize that, uh, that we, uh, that our spirit and our soul is going to live on. 
the mind that you've got right now is going to live on. You know, I, I heard a, I heard someone the other day somewhere, I don't remember where it was, heard someone say something about uh, that the uh, the mind, the flesh, and 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 the soul is the only thing that'll be left after we die. I don't, I don't know what they meant by that. I have no idea what they meant by that when they said the flesh, the mind, and the soul. Uh, this flesh is not going to go to heaven. This flesh is going to the grave, and, and unless the Lord raptures the soul, this flesh is going to the grave, and it's going to be it's going to be purified there in the grave. And as a result of it, God's going to resurrect this flesh again, and it's going to have a celestial body, not an earthly body. And uh, that's a hope that we have, and we look forward to. He he says there in the sixteenth verse says, "For verily, he took not on him the nature of angels." Now, angels again, angels don't die. Angels are spirits. They don't die. They live on forever and ever. <clears throat> and I don't know what the, what the, uh, uh, description of an angel's work is after, after death or after this world is destroyed. I don't know, but I do know that they're spirits and they live on forever and ever. And just like, like the, the, the person, you know, if, if they, if they are of the evil spirits, then they're going to go to hell with their father who is the devil. Bible says the devil and his angels are going to go to the, where they're going to be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now we know they'll suffer torment, but, um, and, and they'll also, they'll also be, ple- be pleasured with, with, with heavenly bliss too. Those Christ and His angels, and so we we know that, but we know that Christ was not an angel, and I want you to understand that. You say, "How? Why do you say that?" Because there are a lot of, of religions out there today who believe that Christ becomes an angel when He was resurrected from the dead. Jehovah's false witnesses believe that. Mormons believe that. A lot of your Oriental religions believe that, <clears throat> and brother, brother um, Samaru was talking about the Hindu religion, and and uh, he told me um, he told he I asked him about his wife, and he says, sad to say, but he said his wife still holds to a lot of the Hindu beliefs, and um, but but the thing about it is, is you know. A lot of those Oriental religions believe that Christ is is an angel. They not only believe that Christ is an angel, but they believe that we, our spirits, become angels. Every one of us, every spirit. The the uh, the Mormons believe that every spirit lives on. Some live in low heaven. Some live in high heaven. And and if you study the Mormon religion. You will find that. So there's a lot of teachings out there on these things. And, 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 and these angels, some of these Jews, the, these, uh, Jews that Paul is writing to here, 
some of them did worship angels. And, and Paul was telling them that th- there's nothing wrong with angels, good angels, but they're not to be worshipped. If you remember when the angel came to John at Patmos and, and when John saw the angel, he, he kneeled down and Daniel said, get up. You don't worship me. You know, don't worship me. And, and, but there's a lot of, a lot of people worship angels in the, in the book of Philippians. Paul warns the Philippian church about angel worship and, and worshiping angels. So, and, and sad to say, but a lot of people today have a totally different view than the Bible of angels. You know, you'll see some of them have these, they have these figurines of wings on them. And they call them angels. They, they have these figurines of halos around their heads. And they call them angels. And, uh, and, you know, and another place in the book of Hebrews here, Paul says, you know, to entertain strangers because you never know. You may be entertaining angels unawares. And so you need to, you need to know that angels had, do have a place in worship, but they don't have a place in, in worshiping them because they're not to be worshiped. Christ is to be worshiped. He's the only, he's only one that is to be worshiped. God is only one God. Christ is only one Christ. The Holy Spirit is only one Holy Spirit. And you can't make divisions of the Holy Spirit. You can't, uh, again, these people make divisions of the Holy Spirit. People make divisions of, of God the Father. They make divisions of, 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 of Jesus Christ. But that, there's only one. And, and He is to be worshiped. And I hope and pray with all of everything that God has given me, that I can teach these things correctly, that I have taught these things correctly, because uh, I have been, I have taught a lot about some of these things over the years. And I, all I can hope and pray is that I've taught those things correctly, because I pray every, I pray all the time to God. I said, God, if there's anything that I have taught wrong, show me. And I'll change it if you'll just show me what it is. And so thereby, you know, Paul is teaching these, you know, uh, not to worship angels because a lot of them were, a lot of them were, a lot of them were worshiping angels like their fathers did and their, and, and, and their mothers and such. They worship angels like they did, which Paul rebuked them for that in the book of, in the book of Philippians. He says, um, Christ took nothing, he, Christ took nothing from the angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Christ took nothing from the angels. He took no kind of worship from the angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Now Genesis 4 and verse 25 states, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said that she hath appointed another seed instead of Abel, which of whom who came slain. So there, there is a there is a, a 
there is a, a connection there as far as a covenant is concerned. You know, Abel was of that, that covenant of, that God made before the foundation of the world. I, I hope I can get this correctly to you. Uh, uh, Abel was of that covenant. Uh, Adam and Eve had two sons, one Abel and one named Cain. And Abel was of that covenant that God made with Christ before the foundation of the world, the covenant he made with Adam, the covenant the covenant that he made all down through the ages with all the Old Testament saints, that covenant he made with, and the covenant he made with you. That goes all the way back through Adam and Eve, all the way back to before the world began. So when when Cain slayed Abel, then Cain broke that covenant chain. And he suffered. He's suffering for it. He's suffering for it today. He'll suffer for it for all eternity. He suffered for it while he lived <coughs> because he... When, when Cain looked at himself, when God cursed him because of what he did, uh, he, he looked at himself and, and he said, God, this is more than I can bear. He said, men will seek me out to enslave me and cause me to, to be slaves unto them. But Cain overcame that through worldly things. You know, a lot of people can overcome their fears with worldly things. You know, when he talks about the, the fear of death, a lot of people can overcome that with worldly things, but there's no greater overcoming of that than through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only answer we have for the afterlife that we will live. Now, Christ was of the covenant made with Abraham that started back in Adam's day. Abraham would be the father of all those who were of the natural seed, that is, all the Jews who were of the natural seed, uh, and uh, Christ was born into the world as of the seed of Abraham, and all who have been saved are of that same seed. You know, every one of us are that same seed that, that, that Abraham was, of, of the seed of Abraham. That's what the Jews, that's what those Jews those Pharisees, lost Pharisees, tried to tell Christ. They said, "They said no man puts us in bondage, because we we are we are of our father Abraham." Jesus said, "No, you're not. No, you're not." I mean, it's a hard thing today when somebody says, "Well, I'm I'm saved and and I was saved by joining church, or I was saved by working hard." I was saved by something like that. It's hard to tell a person like that you're not really saved. And, and most people won't do it, especially family members. They, they won't tell family members that, that, that they need to be saved. And, uh, but they claim, just like those lost Pharisees did, they claim to be of the same seed that the saved are. But they're not. And that's what Paul is teaching here, that Christ is is of the seed of Abraham, and everyone that bleeds up on him, everyone that bleeds up on him, is of the same seed that he is of. That is the seed of Abraham. Now, Jehovah God told Abraham, when he was without 
an heir, that this shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Who's he referring to there? He's speaking of Christ. He's speaking of Christ. Christ was of the lineage of Abraham. And he was of the same seed as Abraham. Just like he makes us of the same seed of Abraham. We're not of the seed of Abraham when we're born as, as Gentiles. But he makes us of the seed of Abraham. Paul says in the, I believe it's in the ninth chapter of the book of Romans. Paul says not all are Jews that say they're Jews. Because not all of them are the seed of Abraham. And those Jews, that those Pharisaical Jews that came to Christ, Christ told them, said, Abraham was not your father. Because if Abraham was your father, you'd believe upon me. But you don't believe upon me. Later on in that same chapter, he says, why do you not believe me when I tell you the truth? The reason they don't believe him is they tell you the truth because they're not of him. They're not of the seed of Abraham as they said they were. They said, we're of the seed of Abraham. And Christ said, no, you're not. You're of your seed. Your father is the devil. Boy, they wouldn't have that. Don't tell me that. Well, that's, that's, that was the first time when they started really hating, despising the Lord Jesus Christ in, in the world. You know, they began to despise him and they taught against him just like we're hearing today in those that despise President Trump. You know, it's just the fact they hate him. It's, it's not anything about he's done. They just hate him. They, they despise him. And uh, I don't like some of the things he's done, but I don't hate him. I, I think that he's been duly elected as president of the United States, and I know somebody will probably call me that listens to this eventually, but uh, I know he is duly elected, and he is president until his time is up. And But see, the thing about it is, is these Jews, they had a hatred for Christ that everything he said, everything he said, they made light of it. And they said, who are you? When he was hanging, when he was hanging on Golgotha's tree, they looked up and they said, you saved others, save yourself, mocking him, making fun of him. All you, you think, uh, even, uh, uh, I believe it was Pilate who said, are you, are you the king of Jews? Jesus said, you said it. He, Jesus said, you said it. He said, you prophesied correctly. You know, yes, I am the king of the Jews, but uh, of, of a, of a different race of the Jews because I'm, I'm king of the seed of Abraham. And so that's, uh, that's where Christ, that's where it all comes from. Christ came to the earth to live among man. He assumed his human nature as derived from Abraham. Now Christ was, in the human sense, Christ was connected to Abraham. In the spiritual sense, he was connected to Abraham. So everything went back to that, uh, that Abrahamic covenant that was made before the world ever began. And when God told Abraham, he said, uh, you're going to be the father of, 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 a na- of many nations. That's exactly what he was telling Abraham. Abraham, you're going to be the father of, 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 of all of the 
uh, natural seed, of your natural seed, you're going to be the father. That's, that's the Jews. But he said, only, only those that are spiritual are you going to be their father of, of the seed, of, of the seed of the Lord that the Lord had planted within him. The Messiah was to spring from Abraham. It was promised that when Messiah came to the earth, that all nations would be blessed. Why? Why is it all nations are blessed? Because God has saved people, Christ has saved them out of all nations, all kinds, all kindreds. He is saved. <laughs> and whether we, we, we may say many are called, but few are chosen, but those few are going to be chosen. It's going to be a number, a multitude that cannot be numbered. And they're going to be, they're going to be shouting hallelujah when, when they see their Savior. And, and I pray to God that every one of you and will be amongst them because they're going to be shouting hallelujah when, when they see their Savior. The Bible says, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. You know, that's that's the same meaning of what it says when it says Christ comes and and he's going to be blessed of uh, of 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 every person Jesus made a difference in this world Jesus made a difference in this world he made a difference in it uh, but he was hated for that because he made a difference because he made himself as God and they could not stand that they said, God is our Father, and you're not God. But he would tell them, he says, yes, me and my Father are one. I'm the same as, as my Father is. Christ was particularly promised to the Jews, the seed of Abraham, in whom the great apostle Paul was writing concerning this, right here in this text. He's writing about the same one. The apostle was speaking not of natural seed, but to a spiritual seed who were the children of the promise. This is who Paul was referring to. Those, those Hellenistic Jews had gone out on their own, and when they dispersed, they, they didn't have anybody to teach them. And so they just, they just wandered out there. They wandered out there in the world, and, and, and whatever they came up on, they would give it a listening. And, and Paul told them, says, I'm here to tell you, uh, teach you differently, and that's what he did in this book. The apostle was speaking, well, I said that. It may help to see that the Greek teaches, what the Greek teaches concerning this text. The Greek, the Greek states here, instead of he took on him, the Greek states to lay hold of any who are ready to perish in, in, in whole, and hold fast on all, uh, that none of them are lost. That's what the Greek teaches here. And that's exactly what Christ said. He said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So, you know, Christ is going to hold on to them. He said, He said, I, I've lost none of them but one. Who's that one he's referring to? Judas Iscariot. It wasn't that Judas Iscariot was saved, but it was the fact that he was one of Christ's apostles 
And he was one of the apostles of the Lord's church. And, and But Jesus knew that when he made him an apostle, that he was going to lose him someday because he was going to eventually come to where he's going to betray him. As a matter of fact, if you go back and look, when Jesus chose the apostles, uh, he chose Judas Iscariot, and the Bible says, who was a traitor. See, Jesus knew when he chose Judah to be an apostle, he was a traitor. Now, some people say, why did he choose him? I don't know. He does as he pleases. He's sovereign. You know, if he wants to, if he wants to set somebody lost here in Landmark Baptist Church, he can do it. He can do it. I know he has his plan and he has his purpose and we may not know what it is, but he has his sovereign plan and his sovereign purpose. Also Christ stated, and this is the Father's will, which which has sent me, that of all which he has sent me, I should lose nothing. I should lose nothing. All that the Father sends to him, he's going to save them. All that the Father chose before the foundation of the world, he's going to save them. Every one of them, he's going to save them. Praise God. Praise God, he's going to save them. Every one of them. And we, we don't have any. We, we don't, if you're saved today, you don't have one worry, one fear, not one fear of death, not one fear of ever losing your salvation, not one fear of ever having to uh, come back someday and be, quote, unquote, resaved. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. You say, have ever, ever, yes, sir. I had a man come forward one time many years ago. He said he wanted to be resaved. You know, and after I sat down and talked to him for a while, I learned that he was never saved to start with. See, that's the key to it right there. You know, either we're saved or we're lost. We're not, we don't have to come back to be resaved. This is the evidence that Christ was before Abraham. God had a sovereign plan before the world was made that he would come in, uh, into the world, in, or to the world in the incarnate son. In the incarnate Son, he would come to the earth and save all who were of his seed. That's the reason God sent him here. Abraham's seed was here. God sent him. Abraham's seed. See, that's what the Jews can't, can't stand. The Jews can't stand it that, that God saves also some Gentiles. They can't stand it. They, they, Paul and Peter had one big argument over that. Paul was witnessing to Gentiles and they were being saved. And Peter said, that can't be. That can't be. Salvation is of the Jews. And Paul tried to teach him that salvation is also of the Gentiles too. If God sees fit to save him, praise God he does. Because every one of us would die and go to hell if, if he didn't save the Gentiles. I'm thankful that he does. This This was Jehovah God's promised Abraham that he would save every one of his seed, his spiritual seed. None of them would be lost, and every one of them would go to heaven someday. And what a great blessing that is. All right, let's stand if you would. Let's be dismissed in prayer, and I'll let you go.